0: If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed.
1: If you do read it, you're misinformed. Hmm. No. That's the great question. <laughs> what is the long term effect of too much information?
0: Hello, and welcome back to the Wine Jar Cynics podcast. I am Dio.
1: And I'm Gene. Welcome to the first episode of the year, right?
0: This is the first. Not the first episode that'll be released in the new year, but it is the first episode we are recording in the new year, twenty twenty one.
1: Let's talk about the. Uh, one. Let's talk about the American Creed. What was your first impression when I brought up that um, idea for the topic? Like, what do you think when you think of Creed?
0: Just uh, the values that kind of tie all Americans together.
1: It's funny because I thought of this. Episode from a while back, you know. Actually, now that I'm recording this, funny enough, I remember why this was something that came up. It's because when I was in college, um, I remember my political science professor, really cool guy, very open. I remember he made us. T- funny enough, he that was a wild class, by the way, because I remember there was some conspiracy theory theorist. He was always yelling about the Rothschilds and stuff out of nowhere <laughs> during his um his uh lectures, and he'd be like, no, 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 but in reality, that's a lie because it was the Rothschilds that did that.
0: What a boss. Yeah. In, in, is one of the students? Yeah. What a boss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just, he was definitely open, but I mean, the one annoying part was he would do it when we're trying to study for the test, and he would just do it. kind of studying,
0: hey, Rothschilds. <laughs> no, 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 he wouldn't, no, no,
1: what I mean is like some of the stuff he was lecturing about was going to be on the test, and it would, be it kind of annoying if he kept yelling. Oh, you know would, what I mean? Uh, like doing like a super test, important te- lecture Test
0: prep. This is going to be on the test. And he's like, but the Rothschilds <laughs> <laughs> we, come on, man. We gotta <laughs> Don't you want to pass this class? <laughs>
1: but anyway, I remember that he was very interesting. He made us take a political test, compass test the first time. And he never spoke about politics. Funny enough. He never talked about any of his own political views.
0: As it should be, yeah. As very. It
1: be. It's like wild how that how everything's changed. Where everybody needs to know that. Oh yeah, I do this. La blah, la blah, la blah, la. You know, hashtag that. Um. Yeah, he was. Oh, how do I say it? Um. Professional. Very professional. I remember one of the first things we did in that class was, "What does it mean to be an American?" And then he was, and he was like asking, "Is it a, you know, is it religious?" It is a. Is it a ethnicity? Is it a creed? Is it a nationality? He was asking. Uh, we had a. Bu- we were reading a bunch of articles. The one that stood out the most was the American Creed, because that's that was one one of the one, one of the articles we were reading. What well, is so the imp-
0: You've seen that before.
1: I have seen this before, oh. but I don't remember it too well. I don't remember if it's going to be the the one we're referring to now by the um, William Page. Um, but that's something that um, made me interested in this topic. That's the background. Uh, also, I was remembering um, that one Swiss girl I was talking to you about. You know, and she was like, I was asking her, how do, how does this country with so many languages, um, French, German, Italian in some parts, and I think there's another language, but it's very small. And some English, I mean, they all speak English too. They learned that in school, in high school. She was telling me, I was asking her, how do you keep a country like that unified? And it's funny because she's like, well, I don't know. I don't think that, I don't, (laughs) she literally just said, I don't know. But then I was thinking, how does that apply to us? How does this country stay unified? And I was thinking about the the founding myth, mythology, the American revolution and the philosophy behind it that is traced back to the Greco-Roman times, Right everything to do with what is the good life. I mean, the good life includes freedom. That's a Socratic idea and value. So that's the birth of this um, topic. So I wanted to give some background. That's the intro. Um, Let's start with the history behind this, um, I guess, idea in general. When was the American Creed written? When was this idea um, postulated? And it was... In 1917, I think. So let's let's start it now. Um, gonna read this passage, okay? okay let me.
0: The. Mm, okay.
1: Let me just find it real quick. I lost my place. Um, I'll just read the whole thing because I think there's a lot of background.
0: I think it it started much earlier. It started mm-hmm. in the foundation. In the like
1: foundation, that? yeah. It's like of the, the f-
0: country, but it was kind of made official. There was there was a an, a creed that was made official.
1: Yeah, the Creed was yeah. We could talk about
0: But the foundational ideas ideas. from even before the founding of the country.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment, um France. Um the Greco Romans. Yeah. I'm not I don't wanna I mean even
0: even more specifically just about America. It was I mean you're going back to like Thomas Jefferson these kind of people.
1: Oh, okay, are, I was going too far back. Are,
0: yeah, they they got the ideas. Yeah, yeah. Even further back, but to make it specifically American.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely the foundation myth is definitely um common sense by Thomas Paine. Um I think that when were the Federalist Papers? Um when was that? Um, Federalist Papers? I have to <laughs> okay, that was yeah, seventeen eighty
0: eight. Okay,
1: but the whole point is that yeah, the this existed since the uniquely, and I don't think what I say it's uniquely American. I think nowadays it does seem like it may be a, a little bit. I mean, that's probably a different topic. Whether or not these ideas are, I think they're pretty universal. But I think America does a more, puts more of an emphasis on on um make on um these ideas of freedom
0: the ideas yes application i don't
1: the application yeah that's a, that's There's a whole different topic
0: even now today it's
1: but um let's let's talk about william tyler page in the 1910s as war raged in europe america prided itself for remaining a neutral country For three years, President Wilson tried to keep America out of the overseas conflict. However, by 1917, President Wilson no longer felt that the U.S. could remain neutral due to the attacks against the American shipping and threats to the nation's security. As the nation entered, the conflict patriotic activities and rhetoric became more popular. This show of American patriotism was shown in many different ways, such as through songs like Over There by George M. Cohen and even a an even bigger show of patriotism took place when a New York State Commissioner of Education, Henry Sterling Chapin, Chapin, came up with the idea of creating a national creed. A creed is a system of principles or beliefs that is usually accepted by that group. The national creed would summarize America's political faith by drawing from fundamental elements of American history and tradition. So like you said, yeah, the, the creed was written around World War 1. And but at the at the same really it comes from the revolutionary times, the traditions, the history and the um, ideas that the founding fathers had. So, a nationwide writing contest was launched to find out who could put the best national creed into words. The end was res- the end result was what gave birth to the American Creed. And this is the American Creed written in 1917. Pretty sure it was 1917. I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the cons- consent of the governed, a democracy and a republic, a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon the principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity for which American patriots sacrifice their lives and fortunes. I therefore believe it is my duty to To my country, to love it, support its constitution. Yep, and constitution is in it. To obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies. William Tyler Page. And I'm going to keep going. But we'll talk about, I guess in the second part of this, what we think about the American creed. But for now, I'm going to go a little bit more on the history. More than 3,000 entries were submitted. The winner, William Tyler Page, was from Friendship Heights, Maryland, at the young age of 13. Page had had served as a U.S. Capitol Page in Washington. He then went on to serve as an employee of the Capitol building for almost 61 years, winning a contest that shows patriotism probably came naturally for Page since he came from a family deeply rooted in American politics. In 1650, one of his descendants arrived in America and, and later settled in Williamsburg, Virginia from 1789 to 1797. Congressman John Page served in the House of Representatives. Page was also related to Carter Braxton, who signed the Declaration of Independence. The 10th President of the United States, John Tyler, is another one of Williams Ty- Tyler Page's ancestors. That's crazy. How he can trace his lineage so far back. Anyway, America was a nation of immigrants that was engaged in a war against some of the countries from which many of the immigrants or their descendants originated. Some fear that this could cause conflicts and and divide the American people. The American creed reminds people to give power and support to the U.S. government and any challenges it will face in the future. The creed also reminds people to uphold their duties to the government in the land in which they now reside. It was little over a year after the start of World War I when the na- National Creed of America was approved by the Speaker of the House of Representatives and the Commissioner of Education of the State of New York. On April 3rd, 1918, in the House of Representatives, office building the office building, the Mayor of Baltimore, James H. Preston, presented the award to, award to Page. The congressional record printed the proceedings that were related with the award on April 13, 1918. A year after the creed was adopted by Congress, Page was elected clerk of the House. Thirteen years later, when the Democrats were the majority party, they created the office of the minority clerk of the House of Representatives for Page. He held that position for the rest of his life. At a time when when patriotic sentiments were very important, the American creed was the perfect complement. Page's short short statement drew on the American history, history and tradition to remind people what they were fighting for in 1918 and, and encourage them to give all their country, give, give, the, uh, encourage them to give all to their country. And yeah, the sources down here are by the Independence Hall Association, by com, And citations, William T. Page, the American Creed, U.S. org. All right, so first off, I think that's interesting why it it was created. And I think it makes a lot of sense because you're like, hmm, American Creed, why would anybody need that? But when you realize that how many people, I mean, that the US is a nation of immigrants and that all these immigrants came from different countries or descended from these countries that we were at war with, you might think that, yeah, you'd be smart to want to create something that unifies them and puts something before those ancestral countries. Like for me, I mean, I have ancestry from Spain. I think some from Portugal, and then some from South America. So that's something important to me. But at the same time, I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm born. I was born here, and I put those ideas from the Constitution above all. I think for them, for, for the most part. So it's like it makes sense why they would put an emphasis on this. Because if you have a country with a bunch of people who, I mean, they're here and they're from their descendants, they're descended from immigrants, they might, it, it's hard to assimilate if you don't put something above all that. You know what I mean? Like your allegiance is put somewhere else. So what's your take on that?
0: Um, yeah, it's definitely the case. And back then it was much more effective. I mean, Are we going to talk about today? I think today the issue is more so... It's still a nation of immigrants. St- like, all that stuff... Some things still ring true today. I think the major thing that changed is... Uh, still being a nation of immigrants, a lot of immigrants today still hold much deeper connections to... I know what you mean. And... For a number of reasons, technology, number one, it's so easy to keep back in contact, so easy to go back. Back then, you come to the U.S., you're here. (laughs) You might send letters, but you don't really have any contact back home. Maybe you read some things in the news, sending letters back home to family, which would take who knows how long, but the connection to your past, to your wherever you immigrated from was not as strong, whereas today... And even today, communities are much larger, so you can kind of get by in you like can, your a personal an, circle. Y- an
1: ethnic enclave y- and yes. retreat to that.
0: Yes, yeah, so you can retreat into that.
1: I did the same when we were in China, man. When I was in China, I went to the, the Western um, ethnic enclave. I would go to the Spaniards or I would go to the um, Americans.
0: Yeah, and it's... It's kind of natural. It's, it's natural. It's natural. Number one, it's natural, and then it's just so convenient.
1: Yeah, natural and is convenient, but the, yeah, I mean it's a very different case because obviously, I mean, I wasn't planning on am ch- staying in China for that long. I was there for not so long, not so long actually. So,
0: but I mean, you but when, you li- even when
1: you plan on when you plan on living there, like and having children and having your, it's a lot different.
0: Many people do, and they yeah. s- fall into that same trap even in other countries. It's not something that's unique to the U.S.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, in, in Germany, I heard about um, them trying to assimilate some of the uh, refugees. But I think the whole thing I'm trying to say is that I think you can keep your culture. You can, That's fine. Keep your culture, keep your traditions, keep everything. But what, what I'm trying to... I think the, what the American Creed is trying to say is that the one thing that unifies everybody is these ideas in the Constitution. Freedom, equality, justice, humanity... All these things Whether or not you believe that's being uh, applied or not Is not really the, the point of this It's to say that that was the intent To have a national A cohesive unit A, a unifying force That transcends all these things And I think in theory It's It's um I think it, it could be done I think most people if, if they live here you ask them Um They um Identify more with their nationality than their ethnicity. Some people do more with n- ethnicity too. It depends. Oh I mean, yeah, I've like in Japan, that. they identify by ethnicity, not by nationality. It's kind of weird. I mean, there was some Japanese person talking about that, where it's like, I am. Um, and they were like kind of talking about how some people. It's kind of cool how in America you can be like, oh, I'm Japanese American. I am Mexican American. But in Japan, there's not really that idea. It's like, no, it's like, you're either Japanese or you're not. You know what I'm trying to say? So th- that's interesting. It's a very unique thing, if you think about it, that cultural strong identity that you believe in the Constitution. I, m- I mean, essentially, that's really it. I think it's the, it comes down to the Constitution, whether you believe in these things. That kind of makes you an American, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah,
1: That's what I think. I mean,
0: Constitution is the core. It's the key.
1: And the philosophical principles that come from the Constitution. Just like... Like, I think freedom of speech is pretty bipartisan, really. And I think that's a... Even though right now there's a lot of the nuances being discussed by both sides. and Maybe I'm giving them too much credit.
0: (laughs) There's pockets where people more so now don't are not absolutist, not, not, not absolutist, but thinking things in terms of like hate speech and whatnot.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, what I guess one, another topic we could, um, actually no, another, um, thing we can, um, bring up is, do you think that the American creed is weaker? Do you think it's, it's pretty weak or do you think it's, Today? Okay, or it's a little... Fra- it's fragile. What do you think?
0: You mean just as it is, or do you mean today?
1: I guess, yeah. To- yeah, in general, today.
0: Today, I mean... Is... I mean, how would you put this? Do, I, I do, think... Do, do Amer- okay, do Americans today have a common creed? No.
1: Yeah, it's funny because... um, I'm not going to name his name, but... He starts with a D. You know how he's like... He uh, argues... There are no American values. What, what American values are you talking about? You know what I mean?
0: There are. There absolutely <laughs> are. <laughs> there absolutely are. It's just like today it's more divided. Not it's just, a, it, it, a little it
1: blurred, been, you mean? Kind of. Do you think they're blurred?
0: Blurred and divided. Blurred in the sense that people like to look into it and find their own meaning out of it.
1: That's, I think, a, a little bit of the uh, problem. I think some of it, I mean, some things... It's good to have interpretations and different ideas, right? But there has to be something that is concrete where everyone absolutely agrees with.
0: Yeah, and you it's, know what I mean. It's like <laughs> if you can't make it concrete, and now you have all these different people putting their own spin on it, it creates this blur that you mentioned, and that's where we get to where we are today.
1: And uh, I think how do I say it? Um, I wanted to make this more philosophical than political but um trying to find an analogy of why it's important for it to be concrete
0: because you shouldn't have to question it
1: yeah exactly you, you shouldn't have to question it it is what it is there's no like it's just kind of like um some of the constitu- constitutional um amendments amendment one uh, freedom of speech as long as it doesn't put anyone in danger or restricts their, their freedom then it's um allowed if it's not a call to violence. I mean, that's pretty pretty objective. And the Second Amendment. I mean, it shall not be fringed upon. It will not be fringed upon. But it's just people, they find their own interpretation. I mean, on a judiciary level, on a legal level, on a philosophical level, on a um personal level. You know? So, there's a lot of that that, that comes into play with it.
0: Yeah, it's like you at least need to maintain the general... Idea, at the very least.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, do you? How do you think you could rebrand the creed, though? That's the question. What is the way of bringing back the creed, and what do you think could unify everybody philosophically, at least? What makes the strength, the national identity, a um? And I guess, how do, how do you get everyone to identify with it? Do you think people, enough people are?
0: You need to free up. Maybe, I don't know. How would I say? Not free up, but like break down certain institutions. Yeah. For example, like in education, public education needs to not completely dissolve, but dissolve a bit and open things up more to like charter schools, private schools, should be more of the norm than public schools, I believe. You know, it's just... Because you have to allow people to freely educate themselves first and foremost.
1: You know, it's funny, I agree with that because I think in every country, for the most part, they have... I don't want to say patriotic education. I don't want to use that word.
0: Yeah, I I had that same (laughs) term in my head. Because I I think there's a
1: stigma behind it and I get why, but um, what I mean is that...
0: But I didn't say put anything into it. I'm saying to free it up because public school... Education, no matter you know, if it's patriotic the, or not, give the option. It's propagate, pro, prop. It's kind of propagate, propagate. No, propaganized education in a way. Yeah. No matter what, because they set these standards, and there's no getting outside out of that. Standard. Well,
1: I do think that there should be a state level educate. I mean, yeah, and I think that's how it w-
0: for metrics. There's like a standard of metrics of what you need to reach, but not necessarily okay everyone and there's certain things you should cover certain topics when you're going through mathematics but to gear education everyone's on like the exact same curriculum i don't think is a positive way oh yeah i would it.
1: it would be mm, yeah because i was thinking if you did it like in a Espe- dual way In a, like you do it on a i guess on a national scale but only some some things but then you have the state state level where they I guess they, they can put their spin on it or, or something. Does that make sense? Well, you keep states' rights to do whatever they want and with the education system, but you also have a federal level. I know it sounds a little bit intrusive, and a lot of libertarians would disagree with this, but...
0: Because well, it, it's part kind of it is because the community has to hold or, it accountable. Or at least accountable.
1: Like or at least like an option, just an option for them to...
0: The community needs to be able to hold the institutions accountable. It's very difficult to hold... A nationalized education system accountable. Yeah, it's nearly impossible. You can hold the private school accountable. You can hold the charter school accountable. You cannot hold the public school system accountable very easily.
1: And the reason why I bring this up because I was thinking about how. Um, I mean, if you want to function as a country, I mean, you have to have a st- I want to call it a strong national identity that will kind of plunge you forward. I mean, China, in a way, I think. I mean, China's our biggest competitor, right? And I do think that in China, it's like being nationalistic, proud, and patriotic is not a stigma there. No, not at all. You, so you ask a Chinese person about their identity and their culture and their national cohesiveness, they'll say, well, well, I mean, they usually they'll say China has an old history and we were one of the dominant powers in the world and one of the classical civilizations, something along that lines. So, and I think that on a in Japan too, and that um, helps them. I think I do. I do think it, it, it makes them a bit more. Maybe not competitive. Maybe I'm I'm oversimplifying it. But I do think there's something to it that that is positive and beneficial. And I think some people would disagree because people would be like, "Well, Germany does very well, and they're very well, and they're not patriotic at all."
0: I just don't like, the, I don't agree with the way China goes about. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why I say it's like, you can reach the goal <laughs> with heavy control, but I don't, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't want the state to ca- but take control of these institutions and kind of,
1: yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> to true.
0: morph it into what they want.
1: I feel like back then, uh, back then, this was this national, the, the uh, national American creed. It was a little bit more holistic, you know what I mean? But yeah, it was so more natural.
0: You need to think back to. It's, it's more like,
1: philosophical, almost. Of like course people were like, "I,"
0: I mean, that's hundreds of years ago. Yeah. At this point, but you need to modernize in the right way. I would say, it's like back then, institutions were more more separated. Everything was more community based in a lot of ways. Kind of have to get back to that. I think, to rebuild it.
1: Oh, you're saying love thy neighbor kind of thing? Like
0: localizing, building up I hate my neighbor. I'm just kidding. I don't know.
1: <laughs> but, but I think that does play a part with it. Uh, yeah, I think the individualism is very good, but extreme individualism to the point where, like a nat- like let's say a hurricane happens and you don't help your neighbor out and you hate your neighbor. I mean, this is a symptom of a dying society, I think. Don't you think?
0: There, there needs to be connectivity within the community. A yeah, sh- strong community,
1: but it has to be holistic. It shouldn't be forced.
0: Yes, ha- that's what I mean but by holistic.
1: People so they agree with it because they uh, and
0: right now it's forced. They
1: resonate on a philosophical level.
0: Well, now it's like poorly forced, but you have to allow the community to build itself up. You don't, yeah, like drag the community up and have it follow you.
1: And that's a, that's the um part two of the American creed. How would you bring it back? we can never answer this question this is very, this is something i think has to do a lot with the course of history too how things change how people change how um it, like you were talking about technology technology has a very important impact and role in and the way and the way um like like you were saying that people you know they connect to their old family back home it's easier you know back then the u.s was a lot more isolated so mm-hmm. it's like you're kinda, you know
0: Yeah, you come in here and you're you're here. <laughs> like you're
1: kinda for- it's like it's a it's a matter of a simulation. But how do you, but the thing is what do you consider a simulation though? You know what I mean? Very, very open ended conversation. So I think I think a lot of this has to do with I think it has to do a lot with education, really. Education. I think it should be. I think when I was younger, I didn't really. and know, what's funny about it? I think I became more patriotic after leaving the country, because then you realize you take for granted stuff from from your where you're from, and then you, um, uh, basic things like, I guess freedom of speech is one of it. Because Leo told us once, I don't, I don't can mention too much about Leo cuz you know eventually we're going to have him on but he was saying that the chinese are more concerned with the ideas of their own people than foreigners so if you say anything it's not a big deal but now there's a national security law you know where you can be arrested in china if you if you criticize china even outside of china so that was bef- that was late right now that that recently yeah. this law came out but even before then i was like in the back of my mind, I was like, what if, I mean, that's crazy that you're living in a country that potentially, if you said something, it could be taken the wrong, you know, say something that's critical of the CCP, um, you can be imprisoned.
0: Yeah. I and mean,
1: that's something you take for granted because you can't, you can criticize the government openly and, and nothing nothing will happen. And
0: that rhetoric is being spewed by people here now.
1: Yeah. That's crazy.
0: That's the crazy part.
1: That's the interesting, that's, yeah. That's
0: why I say there's no, like today, there's not really an American creed. It's definitely gone because people are legitimately (laughs) almost directly going against the founding of this country with, oh, we need to go after these types of people because they're bad for the country. Just grouping a group of people who maybe support or have a certain idea oh, they need to be purged from society. Use this type of language.
1: Yeah, I mean, that sounds...
0: And that should be nowhere in the American creed.
1: Exactly. Um, I think a lot of those people, they haven't traveled outside the country to lands where a lot of the stuff that you take for granted in this country, like rule it's, of law... It's
0: more than travel. You need a bit of immersion outside the country. Like, you need to.
1: No, no, immersion. No, no, actually living there. You
0: need to work a bit. Work too. <laughs>
1: work too. Exactly. You
0: need to have a life. Yeah, that's for mm-hmm. a period. A life. And then. Exactly. Because people go overseas. Oh my God. Like, I don't want to use that stereotype, but. And anyways, I went overseas. Oh, it was so great. Oh, it's so much better than here. Yeah. You were on like practically vacation. Everything feels nice. Vacation, vacation. is not the same <laughs> as
1: living there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what were, I wanted to bring or up. Or you
0: were on a study abroad. That's not the yeah. same thing. Not even close. A lot Don't of those, tell me you go overseas on a study abroad program. Yeah, you, travel you is not. thing things out. because no.
1: Yeah, yeah. Travel is very different than it was before. Traveling now is more about almost like re... Reinforcing your little bubble in a new country. Does that make sense? Yeah. For some people, yeah. It's a vacation. Let's just be honest. It's a vacation. It's not like you're going to assimilate yourself. Learn. I mean, no, no. There are some people. Don't get me wrong. There are people who do that. But I'm just saying that that's not very common. We have someone that, like, let's say, goes to Kazakhstan for like four years, works there, lives there, and then. I mean, there are. But what I'm saying is that. When you do that, then it'll change your mind a bit. Mm-hmm. When if you just travel, you're probably gonna be, you know, in that mentality where you go to that country, and be like, "Well, they have bullet trains here. We're well, we gonna have bullet trains in the U.S. The U.S. sucks. I've heard of that."
0: Okay, it's like oh, so convenient because it-
1: oh man, I love bullet trains. The U.S. is a shithole. It's like yeah, that okay. It's like you have to realize that you're on vacation. It's like how do we? How do you? Install that idea of, of gratitude. Maybe it's because people don't think... Maybe they need to think a little bit more... Philosoph- not philosophically, but more deeply about things. And it's like...
0: <laughs> I mean, the bullet trains is... It's one example, but it's missing so... It's missing so much, too. It's really missing so much. Uh, but, yeah. It's like people see one thing and they don't understand so much else that you need to understand before you make a statement like that without it just it's like okay yeah that's or like nice the, or like that one you sound so dumb because you don't get this or,
1: or like the the person who um the, those vloggers in china who they they say they can drink publicly and they're like man it's so free here <laughs> the u.s is that. isn't even that's free you can't okay. do that
0: it's so hard but okay <laughs> really quickly real quick tangent okay bullet trains in china Everything in China is condensed like along the eastern coast yeah. pretty much. Yeah. exactly. There's nothing to the west. There's a what is
1: it called that um there's a word for it in Mandarin where it's like it's the diagonal cross and that's the, air, the arable land in the left versus the the no no, the arable land in the right versus the uh kind of the un how do what is the word? I forgot the agricultural term but it's like the unplantable land in the in the, the west.
0: Yeah, it's like there's like a couple cities out there, and you can take trains out there. Same way you can take trains anywhere. Literally any any developed country absolutely can do it. But it's just like it's such dumb. It's just how the country is designed, pretty much. It's how they design their cities to where it's convenient to have bullet trains up and down the eastern coast because everything is right there. Like Japan if, is very small. So if, a bullet if train. China was spread out as far as population wise like the us is it would not be it would be like same situation well
1: i think people always forget to consider that i think cars are more affordable here in the, in the U- not isn't yeah i think it's car, cars, cars are more, are more accessible more affordable. Ex- affordable and accessible we have lived in a more individualistic society that's the reason why bullet trains don't catch the craze here because people can go um, road trip in a nice rv by themselves with their families um, whenever they want. And it's like, there's no need for a bullet train because it's like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're getting a bit into the, t- the bullet trains too much, but I think I you're mean, considering some things. They are not. They never consider those things when they make those statements. Also no, no, no. It's, very, that, that, it's a
0: very shallow statement.
1: And also they're not, they're not considering the fact that, um, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't be willing to pay those the taxes for that. I don't think so. Maybe in urban areas, but not in the mid Midwest, even not in the South, to have a a unified.
0: It's their money pits. Even in China, it's a money pit, right? They they lose money. Same so here. that's that's what would be the same here. It's just a tax burden.
1: That's what I'm trying to say. Just reconsider your position. Your I think for other uh, for other countries too, not just the U.S. I think you might miss it. You have to. I think when you live in another country and study and work there for a long time, and you you're with the people. That's something that's going to change. I mean, that'll, you probably, maybe you might miss your country. Maybe you might not. I mean, I remember we met, when we met that Saudi, Saudi Arabian guy, Mukhtar, in China. He's like, man, I came here. The first thing I did was, I drank, I drank a bunch of alcohol. I ate pork. And <laughs> what do he say? He became an atheist? <laughs> so, no, no, really. It's just different for everybody, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Absolutely.
1: no, yeah, exactly. So I don't want to be so absolutist and be like you're gonna love you're gonna love your country when you go to another country. Depends on the country. I mean, that was just for me. That was my personal experience. Yeah, it, I think r- it
0: really. Uh, yeah, it's so I'm, I'm speaking
1: it from an American experience.
0: It's so subjective.
1: Yeah, exactly. But what I am, I mean, anyways, let's let's talk about the.
0: I just want to say, like, (laughs) one more thing. Because if you go to a country where no one, barely, or, like, very small percentage of people can even understand you, you feel it's a freedom there. Like, I can do and say whatever I want. And, like, there's no repercussions almost. You kind of build this false sense of freedom. That's all.
1: I agree. I think... Um... We should talk about the Spartan Constitution for one of the next episodes. I wanna, I wanna um, throw that in there, where we mix some of the stuff we've been going, up, going on, you know, the Greco-Roman theme that we did in the earlier episodes, and then um, we compare the uh, because we're American, obviously, we're gonna be talking about American topics. Talk about the Constitution as well because we talked about the American Creed, which is very general, but. If you want to get deeper into it, we—I mean—you have to talk about the idea of constitutionalism. I think American Korea is definitely a good gateway for, understa- for understanding the reason, the philosophical reasonings behind the why some people are constitutionalists, right? So, mm-hmm. definitely, I wanna—I wanna, I wanna um, sneak that in there. And again, shout out to the social media. Um, also, share us with your friends. Maybe one of your friends can share it to w- another friend. We have a, we have a wide variety of topics now. I mean, but we still want to go on the um, philosophy route. But like we said, um, we're going to be talking about tech. I'm going to sneak that in just because it's the first one, first recording of the New Year's. We're still working on that video podcasting. Um, yeah, and that's about it.
0: Peace, guys. At I'll cut that out.